They're like, hey, you're such a hard worker. Why don't you come and try out my my job? My job. Basically, she yeah. is a working like eight jobs. Yeah, just like <laughs> like her friends try to figure out what's what's just going on with her. And, and her mom tries to figure out. She's like, I don't she, believe you when you're saying you're staying at a friend's house and you're studying. Like you're never at home at night. And she finally tells her mom the truth, and her mom still doesn't believe it. She's like, you're lying. You're selling your body, aren't you? And then she's like, what does that what even mean? Hey you guys, what's up? We're the Otaku Couple. I am Mrs. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the Add Other Anime Podcast number 35. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with a lovely addition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. We know you could be doing other things, so we're glad that you'd rather anime with us. Alright, what we watched this week. Of course, more One Piece. Of course. Episode 879. Alright, so... In this episode, the flashbacks weren't as bad as we thought they were going to be. No. Um, Kobe showed up, um, and he saved the dress roaster ship that was heading towards the Reverie. Yeah, so... Uh, from some submarine pirates, I guess. Who, like, pirates who weren't even powered enough to have a name yeah. or a flag. Like, they were underwater, so they didn't even draw them a flag. They were just... Yeah. on a submarine and they were like oh we can you know just shoot this torpedo and we're gonna take the princess and I'm like in my and brain and hold her for ransom because that's just smart but here's my thing like if you shink if you sink the ship with the royalty on it one how are you gonna call them for a ransom because they're gonna be in the ocean and two how are they gonna pay you because point A they're gonna be in the ocean so I feel like this plan is incredibly flawed you know, and they already got one princess, and that makes me even in like, the thing they said they were greedy, and it's just like, really, really, really. Like, I don't know. It just seemed silly because the princess is just sitting there crying. She looked like um, she reminded me of the girl from uh, Popeye. <laughs> yeah, that's who she reminded mm-hmm. me of. But um, yeah, I mean, they try, and then Kobe, like, he's just. He's like all beastly now, just yeah, like just going grabbing the torpedo out of the water and throwing it away. Like, this is why we don't eat devil fruits, people, because you know what he did? He jumped in the ocean. He like, jumped in the ocean, what? swam, and solved the problem. Yep. Yeah, or we could just have a fishman on our crew, just saying. Yeah. But, but you, know, you, know, you know, stigmas and discrimination. It's real. Mm-hmm. For but, sure. <laughs> But, um, yeah, he stops the torpedo, throws it away. Um, his crew, because he's now the captain of a Marine yeah. in the Marines. Yeah, he's now a captain. And he's got his own ship. Yeah. And, um, Helmeppo, they, I guess they round up the pirates. But while Helmeppo's is doing all the cleanup or whatever, Kobe's just chilling with, the, with Rebecca on the ship. And she's like, hey, do you know about Lucy? Because she, for whatever reason... She still calls him Lucy instead of Luffy, like everybody else in the world. Even though she knows what his real name is now. Like, even the Tantadas, I can forgive because they call him Luffy Land. And they call Pit Land at the end of everything. Yeah. She's just straight up saying his name wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's dumb. It's not cute. It's not endearing. It's not, it's just annoying. But I digress. 
Anyway, Kobe and Rebecca have this conversation. He sees Luffy's headline and he just starts crying. And then we have the flashbacks of when Kobe and Luffy were together. Yep, the first scene of episode one of One Piece. What uh, the first time that we see Luffy declare that he is going to become King of the Pirates. 878 episodes ago. Yep. Yep. So, you know, the nostalgia was real. The nostalgia was real. Yeah. And I like that they broke it up. And they, it wasn't just an entire episode of flashbacks. Yeah, they just they just, just like clipped the some points. together real quick to get the main points. Because if they had put the whole thing, we would have got the whole thing with Zoro and stuff, too. If they, yeah. If we, if we had had a 15-minute flashback like we had in the previous episode, it would have been very infuriating. But this time, it was only, what, seven minutes, probably? Maybe. It wasn't even a whole, a whole set. Yeah. Most of it was just them, you know, talking and saying where he's at now, etc., etc. Oh, yes. Um, there are only, like, two more things to talk about from this episode. One is that uh, Kobe is apparently the hero of the Rocky Port incident. Which we don't know. It's something mysterious that everybody else in the world knows about, but we do not. I guess we'll find out about it whenever the Straw Hats find out about it. Um, I but, guess it's not relevant to them yet. So. Yeah, I mean... And if we have to wait for Luffy to ask, we're never going to know. Or maybe we have to wait until Law and Kobe meet each other at some point. Maybe. Whatever. That, 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 that could happen. Yeah. They both like Luffy. Law hangs around Luffy. and Yeah, Law was the mastermind behind the Iraqi port incident. You know what? That's going to be so crazy when we get to that point where Law goes his own way because like, he's still a pirate in his own right. Like He's just not going to always hang around Luffy. He's not, but it's, it's been so good so- having him along. Yeah, they've been together for so long at this point. It's just like... Wow, they've been together since Dress Rosa. I know. They've been together for all of six weeks. <laughs> Only been six weeks? At, at best. It's probably less because it hasn't even been a month since he came to Dress Rosa. Ah. Uh, so, and he was right. with, he got up, met up with well, Law no, on Punk Hazard. On Punk Hazard. Yeah, and they weren't on Punk Hazard for that long. They weren't, but like. So at best, they've been stuck together for six weeks, but we've had Law for like six years now. Yes, and it's just gonna be so weird for Law to and Luffy to not be like on the same ship anymore. But obviously, Law has his own ship and his own crew, so they're gonna go their separate ways. But yep, the Heart Pirates. But anyway, that was just a random thought. But um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for this episode. It wasn't as bad. If they keep this pace with the flashbacks, I think it'll be tolerable. Yeah, I think it'll be tolerable because I mean. In all honesty, you kind of do need some reference to who everybody is a little bit, like a little bit, maybe like 5%, maybe out of 100. Yeah. But still. Yeah. There was only one other thing in this episode, and that is the fact we finally got Luffy's bounty revealed. Yes. Because he's sitting here crying like they lowered it to 150 million. And then they're just like, why? And then Brooke, I love Brooke because Brooke is good comedic relief. Because he's like, maybe you did something bad. And then Tyra's like, no, they would have raised it. Yeah. um, And he's like, oh. And then he picks it up and he's like, wait a second. 10 million? 100 million? Whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. We're like, this is 1.5 billion. Not 150 million. Like, Luffy's not even accustomed to seeing that many zeros on his bounty. Yeah, it was like, it was so many zeros that he misread it. Yeah. yeah. So, respect to Luffy, 1.5 billion. billion. 
And of course, we have the reaction of all the right there. That's the highest bounty we've seen so far in the series. Yeah, and we see the four, the other four emperors yeah. reacting. Yeah, and they are not happy. Like except Shanks. Shanks, Shanks, Shanks is, is happy. Like, Shanks is like, I guess I'll be. And seeing I think you Blackbeard soon. is just better. Like it's too early to be calling you an emperor because I'm pretty sure Blackbeard's mind. He's like, do you know how hard I had to work to be yeah. called an emperor? Like I had to kill an emperor to be an emperor, and now they're just handing out titles like they're they're warlords or something. Like that's not even fair. Like like nah nah. You know how long I had to wait on Whitebeard's ship before I could get what I needed. I guess, but. Like, well, yeah, but it's it's all good. Yeah, fifth emperor of the sea, Monkey D. Luffy. He's Monkey gonna be D. Luffy. He won't be fifth emperor for long. He'll be king of the pirates. Yeah, I mean we all know he's gonna be king of the pirates. So, but look, we can talk about One Piece forever. So, like, let's move on. All right, moving on. The Rising of the Shield Hero. This is one of the few anime that's rolling over from winter to spring. So we have another twelve episodes, and this is the first of that second twelve episode arc. Yep. So, episode number 13. Um, this one um, basically just involves the uh, the three heroes trying to catch up to Nafumi or whatever. <laughs> this episode was hilarious to me because what I love about Nafumi is not necessarily how smart he is, but how dumb everybody else is. And he has just so much common sense. Yeah, I love how and he calls them out on it. And he does, and then like he hits them with such pure common sense logic that they have no rebuttal for it. You know what? You know? I, should we explain where this started off? Okay, so in this episode, we have not filming the last episode. Of course, we had. Melty trying to reconcile her father, the king, and Nafumi. He she goes to Nafumi. She's like, "Hey, can you just make up with him? Go apologize." And Nafumi was like, ah, "No." And, but then the guards try to assassinate Melty, mm-hmm. and Nafumi, being the person that he is, he saves her. But then they have this recording of, you know, when he tells Raftali and Philo to defend them. All of a sudden, the recording starts, and all we see are Raftali and Philo slashing. Yeah, the the yeah. guards and Nafumi pulling Melty away from the guards because yeah. they're trying to kill her. Yeah, pretty they much they doctored the they they doctored the footage to make it seem like they were more evil than what they were. Like they didn't kill anybody or anything. Yeah, but, but they changed it to make it seem like he kidnapped the crown princess and then killed the guards who went after her to save her. Yeah, and they're spreading this lie all across the kingdom. Basically being like, these are wanted criminals. They kidnapped the princess. Don't trust them. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Right? So they're on the run. And so Nafumi was basically like, okay, they have the most guards at this place. So this is the place they don't want us to go. So that's where we're going. Yep. And um, on their way there, they're moving in the middle of the night. Um, They hear they hide out in the cave. And then finally Melty asks, why are you mad at the king? And Nafumi um, he finally explains the situation that happened and he's and she's just like shook and he's just like yeah that's why I'm not going to go talk to him that's why he's I'm telling you he's not going to hear anything that I'm going to say and Nafumi gets a kick that you know he's married into royalty because yeah. it's a it's not a patriarchy it's a matriarchy so the women are in charge yeah. And um, but anyway in the middle of the night they hear a sound so they start to run and who shows up other than the spear hero with the bow hero and the sword hero because these dum-dums believe the lie that Nafumi captured the crown princess and the first thing out of his mouth after he's accused is what does that gain me why would I do that 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 gains me nothing and then 
they have no rebuttal for that, but they're just like, give her back. And he's yeah, like, do like, you? And he says like, she's not chained up. You see that she's fine. And he looks at her like, take her. Like, I'm not keeping her against her will. Do you see any chains on her? Like, she's free. Yeah, and then she comes up and speaks out like, you know, don't believe my sister. I, there was an attack on my life. I asked the shield hero to protect me. And they're like, really? You asked him? And they're like, well, we'll protect you. Come with us. And Malti is just like, he, 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 yeah, come to our side. Yeah, or whatever. And, and, and Malti's like, like, eh. It's just like, shield hero, protect me. I don't want to go. If I, I don't go, trust them. they'll kill me. And so Nafumi basically tells the other heroes, it's just like, I don't trust sending her with you when she's around. Yeah, because like, because she's going to try to kill her. The second Melty gets over there, Malti is going to kill her. Malti's going to kill her because she wants to throw him. He flat out says this straight to them. And like, Malti makes his face like... Like, you got me figured out. Like, like she's all angry or whatever. And then she comes out, out with this BS lie, like the worst lie you can possibly think of. Like, she's like... No, he's brainwashed my sister. He has the ability to brainwash people with his shield. And that's why people have been singing his praises in the villages that he actually saved, you know, like. Yeah, and she's like, he can do it just by talking to them. You know, he doesn't have to touch you. He doesn't have to use any special shield or equip it. He just has to talk to you with the shield on and he can brainwash you. And then Rotalia and Phil are like, brainwashed? I'm not brainwashed. Are you brainwashed? I'm not brainwashed. And Melty is just like, huh? What? Everybody on their side is like, what? Really? And And then, then, but you just, no, the spirit hero first. The spirit hero is just like, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, like, how much stupider can the spirit hero be? And it's like, and the sword and the bow hero, they were sitting up there like they were halfway believing it too. They weren't as sure as the spear hero was, but they were kind of believing it too. And, and it the sword like, hero was like, like, oh, wait, why would you do that? And Nafumi's like, will you use your brains? Don't you think that if I could brainwash you, we wouldn't even be, be in, in this situation. situation. And then he's like, and then the sword hero's like, well, do you have proof that you can't? And Nafumi's just looking at him like, do you have proof that I can't? And then, <laughs> like, 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 do your special weapons, <laughs> your hero weapons, allow you to brainwash people? Like, <laughs> like where did this come from? Like, like what, I am the scourge of the She kingdom. never brought up this brainwashing power until right now. You know why? Because it never existed. Well, can we come back to point one that if he could brainwash people with his shield, he would have brainwashed her to not go make a false accusation of rape against him to the king? We would have avoided this entire series. <laughs> like, go on. But... Anyway, they try to escape, and um, the spear hero—he's a complete douchebag, by the way. I hope he gets a—I hope he gets a spear to the face. Honestly, I think he deserves to be locked up in Nafumi's Iron Maiden, just to be real. But he—he th- <laughs> he throws his like ankle shackle onto Philo, mm. so that while she's a bird, it forces her to tra- transform back into a little girl, and she can't transform and it, uh, and it out of it. Too. And it weakens her. It basically like C-Prism song. Yeah. Right? And then he starts, like, trying to grope her. And I'm like, bruh, this is a little girl. That's so creepy and nasty and disgusting. And I hope somebody shoots you in the face. Yeah. But, um... But, luckily... But, anyway, they get away. They manage to get away and get the thing off of Philo. But, while, but before that happens, though, while that Philo is captured, Malti is trying to... Is firing, like, firebolts at Melty talking about if she's brainwashed we must kill her 
There's no way to undo it. And the bow hero and the sword hero is like, what are you doing? She's your sister. We came all this way to save her. And now you're trying to kill her. her? Like, pick, make up your mind. Pick a side. Like, 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 yeah. This is not adding up at all. Like, this isn't making you're any definitely sense. trying to kill her, just like he said. Yeah. And so they get they get away, and then um, there's like this symbol for the the three heroes church, and guess which hero isn't the one that's worshipped there. Basically, Nafumi throws it to the sword hero because the sword hero, out of all of this, like he has his faults, but he's the most rational one. He's the one most likely to believe Nafumi because I don't think that the sword hero actually believes that he's as bad as people make him out to be. Because at the end of the day, Nafumi he knows that one Nafumi didn't get picked for when they were trying to make a party. Two, I mean, there is that whole accusation against him, but he also knows what type of person mine is because this is the same person who cheated during their duel and Mm -hmm. made the nobles keep their mouth shut. So he also knows that Nafumi will is strong enough in his own right. Like, he doesn't have to depend on other people. And he also knows that, you know, when push comes to shoves, Nafumi is really reliable because he showed up to fight in that wave when he didn't have to. Yep. And he could have just let them all to die. And he also takes care of Raftalia and Philo because if, like, you could just look at them and tell that they're taken care of at the very least. Yeah. You know? And it's not like you ever see shackles on them. Yeah. And it's just like all this stuff that you're hearing about Nafumi comes from, oh, look, the one person who seems to hate him more than anybody else and who's obviously trying to discriminate against him, like, to the point they're not even trying to give him his reward for defeating the wave. Yeah. You know? So I think the sword hero is the most um most rational. one with the the rational most rational one most one with common sense so Nafumi is like hey which doesn't mean much in this particular show it doesn't I mean he did say prove to me that you can't brainwash someone how can I prove to you that I can't brainwash you uh brainwash did it work okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I don't know but he tells him to look into it and then they leave and that's pretty much the end of the episode so I think the next episode is gonna be like T- I hope it's going to be like a turning point of some sorts for the other two heroes, the sword hero and the bow hero, because I feel like they're kind of neutral parties at this point, leaning more toward the spear. Mm-hmm. But I think they might lean more towards Nafumi's side. Yeah, at least the sword hero. Yeah. yeah. I, that got a little out of hand. I'm sorry. It's fine. It was a lot of fun. Um, All right. But the next one shouldn't take long because we're moving on to our new stuff now, right? Yes. The new anime for this season we have that's already aired that's already aired because there's something that haven't aired yet yeah um so we're gonna go over the four that aired this week yep so um, the first one up is demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba episode one i don't know if i pronounced that right but uh i can't correct you yeah this one i mean this one we have his name is tanjiro <clears throat> and he sells charcoal, right? And he yeah. lives on a mountain, and the mountain is covered in snow. So he has, what, one, two, three, four, five younger siblings? Six yeah. younger siblings? Five or six younger siblings. Because there's two who saw him off, and then the one with the axe, and then the two walking up the mountain. So he has five younger siblings. Yep, five younger siblings and a mom. Apparently he doesn't have a dad anymore. Because he passed away. Because he passed away. And, um... So he's the oldest, and so he's, you know, trying to make a little bit more money so that for New Year's, everybody can eat as much as they want. So 
he goes down the mountain to go sell the charcoal. People buy charcoal, and you can tell in the village that he's well-known, and people like him, and mm, whatever, and, whatever. And he's a nice guy. He helps people out. Everybody seems to love this guy. Yeah. So, he's headed back after selling all his charcoal. Mm-hmm. Charcoal. When he's on his way and out of the village, his dad, not his dad, his grandfather. I don't know if his, his actual grandfather. This is someone that they call grandpa. Like, okay. he's a town grandpa. Yeah. So. This old dude who lives at the base of the mountain is like, hey, it's dark outside and the man-eating demons come out at night. So you need to stay here for the night. Yeah. And basically tells him not to go back up the mountain and stay here. Yeah. So. Of course, he's like, demons aren't well or whatever. Maybe I should bring my siblings down so he can be happy, you know, since yeah. his wife has been gone. He's been kind of whatever. He's been kind of sketch. Yeah. But he was like, you know what? My grandma said the same thing back when she was alive about the demons. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. He goes to sleep and daylight comes and old guy sees him off. He goes back up the mountain and as he's going up the mountain he smells blood because it's been already shown to us that this guy has an awesome, awesome sense, sense of, of smell. Because he sniffed a broken plate and he was like, it smells like, like a, a cat. cat. Yeah. I'm sorry. What does the plate smell like? This is just, yeah, I don't know, but he has like gone level nose yeah, senses. I guess. Yeah, like gone is from Hunter Hunter, if you didn't know, just if, <laughs> watch it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, he goes up there and he smells blood on his way back up the mountain. For and good lo- reason. Yep, and lo and behold, he gets up there and his entire family has been slaughtered. Right, and yeah. we just see the aftermath. Just like we got saw all these nice people just moments ago, and now they're all dead and covered in blood. Well, we know if you're happy at anime in the first five five minutes, that's not gonna last. Yep, that's usually a sign that you just had all of your happiness right there, ripped out from underneath you. But yeah, so everybody is dead. Um, he sees his his. Not his oldest sister, but like his younger sister, because he's the oldest. But she's the oldest of the siblings, the one closest to him. Her name is Nezuko. Yeah. And basically, she's still warm, so he picks her up and he's trying to carry her down the mountain. And as get her to a doctor, yeah, to try to save her life. And as he's carrying her down the mountain, she turns into a man-eating demon because her blood's been mingled with the demons. And as he's trying to, like, you know stop her and talk to her an actual demon slayer shows up and tries to kill her and he's like um look bro i know this is your sister and all but like she's a demon now she doesn't know who you are we just gotta kill her that's how we deal with things the way man-eating demons um continue their line is they mix their blood with that of humans to turn them into man-eating demons and then that's that there's nothing else you can do you can't turn her back human and if someone can it's the demons and guess what they don't care yeah they don't care so but then he's just like no 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 my sister my sister no 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 and the demon slayers not hearing any of this he's like i've heard this a thousand times Times. they always always get eaten like just let me kill her and it will be done i'll just decapitate her and it'll be over yep but i just want to let you know what i'm about to do so that you don't like try to kill me and then i have to kill you too yeah you know, and this demon slayer, he he's, he looks like a kind of bad man. He, 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 got, he got some legit sword skills. He he's there. Yeah, but um, basically, what happens is he tries to save his sister anyway, and um, she gets free. Nezuko gets free, and basically, he she protects her brother. Yeah, from the demon slayer he's just like oh well maybe these siblings are actually going to be different and so he gives them some basic instructions like don't let her out in the light and he basically like gags her mouth so that she's not capable of eating him 
and she looks normal, you know, with her mouth covered. Yeah, she because like when she starts like really turning into a demon, she grows in size and it's all crazy. Like she looks creepy. Yeah, but um, but she turned more so more or less so back to her original form. Not quite, but you know she has the the gag thing in her mouth. And, um, and then they go back to the house, bury their family, and then that's the end of the episode. Yeah, they start their journey because the uh, the the demon slayer told them to go where find to, someone to go find like, someone at the bottom of some mountain and tell them that he sent them or whatever. Yeah. So, so we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah, but this one is comes from a, a Shonen Jump um, manga, so I think it's probably has like a lot of potential. Probably. Because Shonen Jump is usually you know good stuff. <laughs> Is that a shameless plug? Uh, it would be if they were sponsoring us, Shonen Jump. If you're out there and you're listening, you know, hit us up. We don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What's next? I think that's pretty much it. So. Um, very good. Oh, nope. Nope, I lied. I jumped. I did. Next is Kono Oto Tamari, Sounds of Life. Um, basically... This one is very, it's slice of life. There's no other way around it. There's like not going to be any, I mean, ironically, there was some people fighting in this episode. (laughs) Yes, there were people fighting. There's not going to be a whole bunch of fighting or anything like that. There might be. One of them is a ruffian. Basically, there are two kids that we know of. The first one, his, he's a third year in the, um, in the club. And basically his name is Karada. And the club is a, uh. Is a koto club? Yeah, basically it's like a string instrument. Like you lay it on the ground and you play it. So it's like kind of like a flat guitar. That's the most similar thing that I could yeah, think just look of. It up or watch the show. Yeah, but um, basically he's a third year now. Um, all the upperclassmen before graduated, and he's the only one in the club, and so he has to get new people in the club. Otherwise, the club would get shut down. Um, Kudo is a first year, and he shows up and he tries to join the club, but in doing so. He, like, kicks another student in the face and scares everybody in the club room because they're beating up Karada, who is the club president. Yeah, because they were these other ruffian guys who were basically, like, using it, bullying him and using his club room as, like, their hangout spot or whatever. Yeah, and just trashing it. And just trashing it and disrespecting all the stuff that was in there from before. Yeah. Yeah, and they wrote all types of graffiti and stuff on their club sign outside the door and yeah. They're just really mean and trying to beat them up. But then Kudo comes in and he just like wrecks shop on all of them. He just beats them all up and sends them all running away. Because he had this incident with the police last year. <laughs> and basically everyone's like, oh, he's a delinquent. Don't mess with him. Yada, yada, yada. And he's also, Karada has also heard these rumors. And so when Kudo's like, I want to join the club, he's like, no, you're just trying to be like the other guys. You want to come in here and hang out. And this isn't a club spot. So you just need to go. And so the whole episode is basically Karada telling Kudo that he can't join until the three guys from the beginning, because Kudo beat them up that one time. They're like, okay, we're going to get him back. And like Mr. Otaku said, there was an incident a year ago where um, some of his other delinquent friends that he decided that he didn't want to hang out with anymore because he's going to get on the straight and narrow. Because they were mad, they decided to wreck his grandfather's shop and then blame it on him. Yeah, make it seem like he did it. 
or whatever because yeah. his grandfather owns a, uh, a koto shop he makes kotos or whatever yeah and basically his this this dude uh kudo his parents didn't want him because he was unruly or whatever he was a delinquent he was a delinquent causing trouble causing trouble or whatever and then when he moved in with his grandfather he was still causing trouble and he left one time after he got into a fight with his grandfather and his grandfather was just sitting out there waiting for him to come back and a lady was talking about him or whatever and it was like you or are you still out here waiting for for him or whatever? He's a delinquent. You should just forget about him, whatever. And he was like, it doesn't matter what he is. He's he's still my grandson or whatever. And then from that moment, he tried to like be better or whatever and yes. stop being a delinquent. And when you know you stop being a delinquent, your delinquent friends get upset and, yeah. and frame you for stuff. The sad part is like a couple of days later after the incident, his, his grandfather died. passes away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to join the, the Kudo Club at this high school because his grandfather actually started the club. But of course, due to the incident with three the three bullies beating up Karada and everything else, he's like the principal and the teacher who caught him are like trying to blame him, saying this is just like this three years ago or last year. Yeah, and that you was can't a, be trusted. And you did this. You skipped and, the part. What? Uh, you didn't connect those dots. So basically, the three guys. Or whatever from the beginning, or they whatever that was messing thing. up the rest. Yeah, they tried to do the same thing and recreate that incident. So basically, they beat up um, what was his name, Karata. Karata, as he was going into the club room. Like they beat him up from behind. So he didn't really know exactly who did it to him or whatever. And when Kudo showed up because he's still trying to be a member of his club, you know, he was in there trying to see if the guy was all right after he saw what had happened. Of course, that's when the teachers come walking in and they see him there over this guy's beat up body and lying basically unconscious. Yeah. And so they, they blame everything him. on him. And um, the ending of this whole scenario after he gets caught is Karata. Basically, he's a wimp, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned this, but he's kind of a class A nerd geek wimp mm-hmm. prime bullying suspect type thing yeah. and um he basically he wakes up in the he, nurse's he, office or whatever yeah he wakes up in the nurse's office at first he's like you know i feel bad for kudo but i shouldn't get involved with him but then he sees that kudo cleaned up the sign that the bully that had been taken and like vandalized by the bullies before he cleaned it and replaced it and um he runs to the principal's offices and he like that grammar he runs to the principal's office and he's like um he didn't do it like the reason he was in the club room is because he is a member of the club like it's perfectly normal for him to be in there and so the principal's like oh is that true and yada 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 and then he explains that you know my father my grandfather founded the club and i wanted to join it i didn't have anything to do with the incident Mm -hmm. and then the other three for whatever reason we don't know yet we have assumptions but we don't know why but they come forward and they tell the truth like we were the ones who did it yeah and that's i'm sure they were coerced into doing that oh yeah there's this there are suspicions like why they would come forward and we could all make assumptions as to why three bullies would come forward and admit that they beat someone up and try to frame someone else for it because but, they were scared of somebody else i'm sure i'm sure but yeah i mean it looks like a good slice of life anime so i think it'll be a nice change to like something like fairy gone yeah this one was also on funimation yes all right um next up is fairy gone mm-hmm. 
which is another Funimation exclusive. This is the first episode of this one as well. And Fairy Dawn is a little different. Um, it's an anime original, I believe. So there's no manga or anything that's based off of. Um, if I'm wrong about that, tweet at me and let me know. But I'm pretty sure Mal said it was an original, my anime list. Um, yeah. So this one, basically, there was like this war of unification, was it? Was yeah, it called? the war of unification. Where they were trying to like bring all these lands together, whatever. And they fought until they became like one country or whatever. And basically, um, there were these things in the world called fairies yeah. or whatever, and somehow they intermingle with like humans and become like fairy, fairy soldiers, soldiers or whatever. And like these soldiers were what they were using to fight the war. But now the war's over. Apparently, like these fairy soldiers are illegal because when you're a fairy soldier, you have the ability to control a fairy, which is more like it's like an hygiene, like the yeah. black thing that comes out of an hygiene. Or whatever. That's that's kind of what these fairies are like. It's exactly like that because they come out of you. You can control it, but it also works autonomously. Yeah. But if it gets hurt, you also get hurt. Yeah. But they're like really strong and powerful, and you know it's kind of crazy. But um, it's an interesting premise. But basically, what happens is we have this girl. Her name is um Mar. Mar- Marlia? Marlia, I think. Marlia? Marty? Marlia. Marlia. And um, basically, she's looking for her friend, Veronica. And Veronica helped her escape when her town was burned down during the war. Their town was burned down during the war. And Veronica's the one who helped her escape. But they got split up. And so Marlia has been basically just searching for her ever since. And they show up at this auction where um, she's working as, I guess, the security yeah, for one of the families. Yeah, for a mob family or something that's doing an auction. Yeah. And um, basically, she meets one of the other guys there who's the head of security. His name his, is Free. His name is Free. And he is telling her about, you know, the fairies and the stuff that's up for auction and yada, yada, yada. Fast forward. And there's a disruption in the auction house, and we see that this this is blonde-haired girl. And basically, once she slices you, it's kind of like a kame sword. Once you get one slice, you're dead. Yeah, so it's like she slices you, and then like her, her fairy or something goes inside into the, goes and then into like the gut. blows up your organs. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But yeah, she came because she's stealing this thing that was up for auction. It was it's like a page of the fairy it, tome. Yeah, yeah, a page of the fairy tome or something like that. And she's stealing it. Yeah. Which leads into a big fight between her and Free and we find out they both are uh fairy, fairy soldiers or whatever. Except um he makes it clear that Free is from the era of the war and Veronica came after the war. Yeah. And um Basically, they're having this epic fight. Veronica versus Free. Her fairy versus his fairy. And it's getting kind of tense. And then Marlia shows up. And she's just like, she Veronica, she recognizes that's Veronica. you. And so this pauses things briefly. But then Veronica, she pulls the whole, I'm not who I used to be. The old Veronica is dead. Yeah. And so she's like, no, but you're my friend. And you still have to be the same person. I just want to talk to you. And so we start this and um they continue fighting yeah they continue fighting and, and then anno- and ignore the annoying girl yeah but in the midst of this they break one of the fairy cages 
and um, a fairy gets set free, and, and Marley can see it when she's not supposed to be. It you're not supposed to be able to see fairies unless they're inside a special cage that lets you see them. Yeah, and uh, she tries to like grab it. I guess she to thought she was, it. I guess she I, from I, the bullets. I guess. Well, I thought she was trying to put it back in his cage because she the, was doing security. I mean, the cage she can't let. She's not though. supposed to let them merchandise get away i don't know she probably wasn't thinking it through i'm pretty sure that they that she was trying to protect it because people were shooting back and forth and she was like oh no get out the way but whatever she went to grab the fairy and it the like fairy bonded. went inside her and yeah and bonded. bonded with and bonded so now she's a fairy soldier as well yeah and after all of this veronica gets away and free comes up to her and he's like have you ever heard of dorothea and she's like, of course I have, but they're basically, they work for the government. They're a secret sect of the government. And basically they find people who are illegal and they arrest them. And he's like, well, great. That's how, that speeds some things up because you can use a fairy that now makes your entire existence illegal. So I can either arrest you or you can join us. And so she takes his hand and she's like, mm, okay, I'll join you, but only because I want to see Veronica again. Okay. Um, I don't think she said those exact words. Well, not those. I'm but, paraphrasing, but, obviously, but she but, did say that she wanted to talk to her friend again. Yeah, but yeah, but that's pretty much fairy gone. It looks good. Um, the fight scenes were cool. Yep, and um, and the fairies look awesome. They like they don't look like fairies. They look more like demons than fairies. Yeah, they they look really crazy. You have to watch the show. At least watch the first episode. It was cool. Um, yeah, and it's also on Funimation. Yep. Um, so, uh, let's take a little break here. All right, now that we are back from our break, let us talk about the anime that we actually binged this week, and that was... Hina Matsuri. Yep, so um, this was... 12 episodes, we watched it subbed on Verve. Yep. And um, honestly, this was not what I expected it to be, but it was still like highly entertaining. It was very entertaining. It was very fun. It was a slice of life, but there were also superpowers in it, which played a role kind of at the beginning, but not so much for most of it. Like to the point where they didn't even matter yeah, at they, the end of the anime. Yeah, at the end of the anime. Well, they mattered again at the very, very, very end of but the But not anime. even that she had powers, just the fact that you know, she used to be this person and she's not acting like that person anymore. Uh, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about the other character that we didn't talk about pretty much since the first scene and she came back in at the very end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but um, um, let's stop beating around the bush. Basically, what this anime is about, you have this girl, her name is Hina, and she has, um, psych- was it psychokinetic yeah, powers? Yeah, she has psychokinetic powers. She basically, like, falls out of the the thin air. She and, literally falls out of thin air. Yeah, she falls out of thin air in this guy's apartment and she's in like this pod and... He has to release her by pressing this button on the back. Yeah, when he first sees it, he's like, okay, this can't be real. I'm gonna yeah. pretend like this didn't happen. Yep, and he goes to sleep. He wakes up, comes back, and she's still in the middle of the floor inside this little pod thing. Yep. And she's like, can you press the button on the back to release me? Yep. And he does, and she proceeds to break all his stuff with her psychokinetic powers. And this guy is rich because he has like these like two million dollar vases in his house. He really loves these vases. First thing she does is threaten him and break vases. Yep, like you're gonna buy clothes for me, and he's like, "Why would I do that?" And she's like, Ding! 
And he's like, oh, crap, just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Whatever you want. Just, just tell me what you, what you need. And just, I got it. Just tell me what you need. And, and his name is Nita, by the way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he's the reason he's rich is because he's a Yakuza. And for those of you who don't know, that's basically the Japanese mafia. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Organized crime. And um, basically, he adopts her and introduces her as you know his daughter or whatever yeah like it's his long lost daughter or whatever that he just found out about and he enrolls her in school because she decides she wants to go to school after seeing it on tv yep and she's like school is boring and he's like well what did you expect like she goes there and she literally sleeps all day he's mad because like school is expensive but it's basically this is basically about their day to day lives, and she has these psychokinetic powers. And the first couple episodes, they're like, if she doesn't use her powers, she's gonna go out of control and basically destroy everything. Yeah, so he like takes her to like this construction site that needs to be cleared or whatever that the yakuza mm-hmm. ended up inheriting. getting and inheriting because of reasons. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, can you like demo this site or whatever? And he he's gets. Like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, and she like demos the entire forest, cuts up all the trees, stacks them into nice little logs, and like clears them out or whatever. And that was that. After that, she never needed to like use her power so they didn't go out of control again. Yep, she just uses it for like little stuff from time to time. Yeah, but and, uh, she tries to do a good job of not letting people see her use her powers. Eventually, one person sees it that's not supposed to. But, but that's like one of the little arcs that they get into. Yeah. Um, Hina makes friends, um, one of them being Hitomi. And Hitomi is a middle school girl. At, or I guess she's yeah, yeah, middle, she's school, middle girl school girl in her class who takes care, who helps take care of Hina. Like, hey, you know, wake up. It's time for lunch. Hey, Hina, you have drool. Let me wipe that for you. And basically yeah. her and Nina Hina- both have this moment where they're like, why do I feel like a caregiver? Yeah. And, uh, and um, basically because of Hina, Hitomi gets somehow wrapped up into being a bartender. Yes, yes. Like, so <laughs> this, this little... This little middle school girl who's like the top of her class ends up being a bartender at night. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. And she gets paid, what, 1500 yen an hour, which what in US that? dollars is like $15 an hour. Like, can you imagine being in the 6th, 7th, 8th grade and you making $15 an hour, mm-hmm. making drinks for people in a bar that looks like it doesn't get very busy? Mm-hmm. That would have been a life. Yeah. It basically, so. I like Ketone because I feel like. Her story was the most interesting one. She yeah. gets wrapped up into being a bartender. Then people start showing up. And they're like, hey, you're such a hard worker. Why don't you come and try out my my job? My job. Basically, she yeah. ends up working like eight jobs. Yeah, just like <laughs> like her friends try to figure out what's, what's going on with her. And, and her mom tries to figure out. She's like, I don't she, believe you when you're saying you're staying at a friend's house and you're studying. Like, you're never at home at night. And she finally tells her mom the truth. And her mom still doesn't believe it. She's like, you're lying. You're selling your body, aren't you? And then she's like, what does that what even mean? mean? And, and oh, she finally just like, whatever. She and moves she le- out. And she leaves. She moves out or whatever. The lady who actually owns the bar convinces her, like, just get your own place. Like, when I, I moved out earlier whatever too but i didn't have a job and everything's like you have a job and everything you can you can move out or whatever yeah. and she gets sucked up with from uh somebody from nita's realtor no, yeah and, <laughs> and it's like 
this place normally goes for three, uh, what, 300,000 yen a month. But because it's you, we'll give it to you for 150,000 yen a month. She's like, I can't afford that. He's like, look, this is the, the cheapest, cheapest we place. got. This is the cheapest place my realtor will sell. So <laughs> I'm thinking 150,000 yen is like what? I don't know, $15,000 a month. month. Like, this place looks really nice. Or like, like $1,500 a month or something like that. Nah, nah, it was more than that. I, it was a, Maybe. I don't know. Was, I can't convert yen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like 15000 Because I think it was 150000 yen, which you move the decimal, that's still 15000 That's a lot. It's yeah. a whole But I think whole you have lot. to move it too, because if she's making 1500 yen an hour, and that equates to $15 an hour. Yeah, there was a decimal of two points. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So I think that equates to like $1,500 a month. Yeah. But still, like for a middle schooler paying rent and utilities and everything else, it was like, that's a lot. But then basically her, her manager strong arms her to signing it. And she tries to get her mom to come and like rain on her parade. And her mom's just like, wow, you're doing so much. Like, I would have like, never done all this at like, your age. I'm like, just going to have to step back and let you do this. You know? Yeah, because she meets all the people that she's working for. Because everybody she works for like loves her because she's like this awesome worker. Workers. And she's in at all these corporations and organizations because all these people, they go to the bar. Yep. Or whatever, and see her serve drinks, and they've all offered her jobs. So now she's working several jobs and still going to school, and she's still a middle schooler. And she still has her job at the bar. And she still has her job at the bar. And basically, they're all telling her mom, like, oh, we're so glad that you came whenever she is ready for the hiring process. She doesn't even have to go through HR. Just contact me, and I'll make sure she's got the best job. I think she's executive material. Yeah. Like, her, mo- her mom just went and changed up to being so proud. And it was yeah. just like, and the only reason why she invited her mom to this housewarming thing. Because she was, was tired. She was tired and she was like, you know what? I'm going to invite my mom. She's going to tell all these people that I'm really just in middle school and everything's going to be over and I'll be able to come back home. And I don't have to tell them to their face and it'll be great. It'll be all her fault. And then she just steps back like, I don't think I could stop you now, even if I wanted to. Her face just looks dead. And her manager, who strong-armed her in the first place, she's like, great, now everything's in order. You don't have to worry about anything. And her mind, she's like, I don't have an out anymore. Oh my God, I'm stuck in this life forever. Yes. But watching he told me was like the highlight for me. She is of this not anime. even the main character. And she's not like Hina goes through all this other stuff too and basically learning how to be a quote unquote real girl. I yeah, guess. because she has like she she's but like Anzu's story was still more interesting than Anzu's story was also very interesting. Anzu also has psychokinetic powers, but she's not as strong as yeah. Hina. Anzu basically Anzu and Hina come from this special, like I guess organization. Organization where they um I guess they handle things, but Hina's powers get so out of control that they couldn't control her or whatever. And she like and uh, blew up a city or something. Yeah, she destroyed a city and yeah. then blew off her collar because the collars, if they disobey, they could just blow her head off. Yeah, they can cut her head off or something. Yeah. yeah. And Anzu shows up because she also has you know special powers, and, and so she's ordered to basically take uh, her in. Yeah, take care of Hina. But of course she can't because her Hina, her Hina's are not as strong as her powers. Okay. Her powers are not as strong as Hina's. And so um, basically you also see the disparity between being poor and being rich because Hina ends up at Nita's house and Nita's a Yakuza. And, you need a can, and Nita can spend $2 million on a vase. Yeah. You know, so he walks around with no less than, you know, what was it? Like 4,000 yen? 400,000. Or 
I want to say it was like four hundred or like four thousand yen in his pocket. Uh, yeah, I want to say it was like four hundred thousand yen in his pocket. Literally. And he just hands it over to to Anzu one day as she's digging through the recycling for cans so that she can go uh, trade in the cans for money. Yeah, and because before because before she, she was, was just stealing. She stuff. was just stealing stuff. But as soon as she gets the money, the people who are after her for stealing stuff like find her and they take all the money pretty much like, and like like. We suffered three hundred and ninety-two thousand in yen and damages. Um, so they end up taking most of the money from her. That leaves you with about mm, one hundred and sixty-seven yen. Here you yeah. go. Yep, and yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, but Anju is poor. She's homeless. Yeah, um, a, a homeless guy takes her in, shows us how to collect cans and stuff, and how to make an honest and, living and, being and, homeless. Mm-hmm. Selling it for money or whatever. And then she meets Hitomi because, you know, Hitomi works for the bar. So she's trying to get cans. And Hitomi's like, oh, you can just get a bunch of cans from here. And um, so that helps out Anzu or whatever. But then that's just like Hitomi and Anzu becomes friends. And Anzu's like, oh, look, I got this. And it only costs 600 yen. And um, Hitomi's like, 600 yen? Like, I can make that in less than half an hour. Yeah, and, and, and Anzu just, has to work all day tirelessly just to make 600 yen. Yeah. And that's like less than half of what the other girl makes in an hour. Yeah. But she's like, she doesn't want to like rain on her parade or say anything. So she's just like, oh, I make about the same amount that you do. Yeah. Let's just go with that. Let's just go with that. And it's just the, the little situations they get themselves into and out of are really entertaining and yeah. honestly if you have time I would highly suggest watching it because it's good. There's also a scene where uh where what's her name? Hina? Hina. Hina walks into this Yakuza place or whatever, this rival gang, and she has psycho connect powers, so uh watch the anime. It's a good scene, good scene. So yeah. That is pretty much it for the, this episode um next week we're going to be continuing on with our ongoing anime so one piece black clover and the rising of the shield hero um we, we plan on binging that time i got reincarnated as a slime yep and the uh, anime that we talked about earlier we're still watching all of those and um i made i made butsu rendai untina i don't know how to say it yeah. But it premieres on High Dive on Monday, so we plan on talking about that on the next episode. And there are two other anime that um, we plan on watching, but they haven't been announced where they're streaming yet. So we don't know if anybody's going to pick them up or not. So if you know anything about Magmal of the Blue Sea or the Philosopher's Grandson, you know where we can watch it legally, let us know. Yeah, let us know on those two because um, we haven't heard any announcements about those. But uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the I'd Rather Anime Podcast. If you liked it, please subscribe, then go tell your friends about it. And then, please make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at I'd Rather Anime. We know you could be doing other things, but we're glad that you decided to anime with us. Until next time, peace. Out. He's like, I've heard this a thousand times. times. And they always, always get eaten. Like, just let me kill her and it will be done. I'll just decapitate her and it'll be over. Yep, but I just want to let you know what I'm about to do so that you don't, like, try to kill me and then I have to kill you too. Now Fumi's like, will you use your brains? Don't you think that if I can brainwash you, we wouldn't even be, be in this situation. situation. And then he's like, and then the sword hero's like, well, do you have proof that you can't? And now Fumi's just looking at him like, do you have proof, proof that, that I can't? Can? 
can we watch some anime now?